Good morning. Um, so my name is Dwayne Viss. Um, I'm from Linden. Um, I've been part of North Bay for 18 years, um, which I'm probably one of the long-term ones here. Um, so how I started coming to North Bay um, many years ago, 18 years ago, um, uh, we were at the outlet mall, and I decided we, we weren't happy with the church we were at. Um, just, it just didn't feel like family. It was getting too big. And, and so we decided to check out this little church out in the mall. Um, and it was great. And we, we felt like we were family. And, and here we are 18 years later. And it's just a true blessing. And, and I actually um, met Pastor Dan. This is kind of how small our world is. Um, before he was our pastor, I was living down in Tijuana, Mexico for a few years doing YWAM. And we had this young guy, youth pastor, come down with his group from Idaho. And so he came down, Dan and his wife came down, Christy came down with our group, and you know, we didn't know each other. We just, I helped lead his team down there. And then, you know, 20 years later, he's our pastor. So it's kind of ironic how God works that way. And so it's just uh, a real blessing to be part of this church. Um, I'm also a, um, Dan, myself, my wife, and Matt Sutherland are part of a group called Hands of Hope Malawi, which you guys have generously donated to over the years. Uh, it's a nonprofit that we work with people in Malawi, um, providing education, food, and, and other needs. And so it's just a real blessing. So if I could pray before we start, because I'm super nervous this morning. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, that first of all, that you can use a sinner like me and the things that I've gone through and I've had to learn the hard way that I can share that, Lord, with your people. So hopefully they can learn from that as well, Lord. God, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, none of us deserve what you've done for us on the cross. And Lord, it's only by your grace that we're even here today. So Lord, I pray that you would calm our hearts, that you would open our ears, Lord, for what you want us to hear from you, Father God. Because Lord, this isn't about us. This is about you and your kingdom. So, Lord, we give you all the glory and all the praise. Amen. I'm a forbidden fruit, and not to brag or nothing, but I'm pretty much the most amazing apple ever. Atta girl. kind of sums up everything, really, and where it even all started. And little did we know such a biblical message could come out of a commercial, right? Especially nowadays. But in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, the Lord says there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. 
That even means mayhem. When we become believers, it's not like our problems just go away. That life's going to be just, you know, golden streets and everything's going to be great. In fact, I think it may be the opposite. I think Satan attacks us a lot more as we're Christians because he doesn't like what we're doing. He doesn't want us sharing our faith. He doesn't want us giving the truth to people. We look at the world around us today, flip on the news, we see what's happening in Israel. It's chaos, it's mayhem. And how do we, sitting in this room, we can't even really comprehend what's going on over there. I mean, I, we're sitting here in a warm building. There's no bombs dropping, there's no sirens going. We have it really good. And, and praise God for that. But mayhem, it comes at us in different ways. It's not just bombs dropping. It could be a death. It could be a car accident. Something could happen in your life unexpectedly. We can't in life expect that those things aren't going to happen. But as God's children, it's how we react to those things. And believe me, I'm far from acting correctly every time. There's mayhem. I think it's our sinful nature. We, act, we go the wrong way. But the Bible really shows us how to, how to deal with these things. Because mayhem, God just doesn't give us mayhem for no reason. He allows it for a reason. And people will be like, come on, what can, why would God allow this to happen? Maybe it's the death of a family member. I remember about a year and a half ago, um, it was January, shortly after the new year, um, I got a call from my dad that he had tested positive for COVID. And I was like, okay, we'll be praying for you, you know, not a problem. Little did I know that 28 days later, my dad would no longer be on this earth. And as sad as it is that he's not with us, um, and it was chaos, but we prayed and we prayed, and there were hundreds praying for my dad. It was quite amazing. But the Lord allowed that to happen for a reason. Now, for me to sit there and say I'm angry at God, well, I was angry at the time, but I knew that God had something bigger planned. God used my dad here in ways that I never thought would be possible with my dad. But you know what? For me to be angry at God is kind of selfish because my dad's in a much better place. You know, he doesn't have to deal with all this now. He's rejoicing in, in, in heaven. And so we have two ways to run. We can run to God in times of mayhem, or we can run the opposite way. I was just looking last night at some statistics. 108,000 people from January 2023 to June 2023 have died from fentanyl overdose. 108,000. To put that in perspective, take everybody out of Bellingham. And that's six months. Now, I truly believe that drugs and alcohol and other issues come because we're running from something. We're running from God. We don't want to deal with truths because they're hard. Sometimes they're very hard. We don't want to deal with our own issues because it's easy to sit there and point out everybody else's issues. But God allows that mayhem in our lives to draw us closer to him. And that's a choice we have. And it's very difficult because the first thing you want to do is get angry and get, and, and that's okay. It's okay to get angry. But how do we 
go about dealing with this? Because mayhem's everywhere, and it's not going to get any easier. I mean, I, I hear people say to me, oh, man, Jesus must be coming soon. It's just chaos. I'm like, you better read the book of Revelations because it ain't going to get a lot worse than this. And so it's, it's easy to jump away from God. But, you know, I always, my wife is a, gives me a lot of lessons in my life, and one of them is about dirty dishes. <laughs> so running from our problems is like leaving dirty dishes in the sink when you go on vacation. When you come home, guess what? <laughs> the dishes are there, but they're only worse. And it's harder to deal with. It's harder to scrape that off the plate, right? Well, it's the same with our lives. If we keep running from our issues and we don't deal with them, it's just going to get harder and harder to scrape. However, if we turn to God, who's our shepherd, he'll help us walk through these things. We're not saying it's going to be easy. He doesn't say it's going to be great. But in the end, it's going to be awesome. But I think so many times in life, we just want to say, oh, you know, I don't want to deal with that right now. Let's, let's watch the Seahawks. And then you turn on the Seahawks game. And then you get more frustrated because they're losing, right? And that doesn't help anything. And so the best way to deal with it is just to go to God. Because he has promised us throughout the Bible, I am your shepherd. I am your shepherd. And sometimes, if you're a stubborn Dutchman like myself, it takes a lot to learn, right? And so a great, a great example of this in the Bible is the Israelites. So here's the Israelites, right? God promised them, hey, you can go to the promised land. And they're like, yeah, okay. And then they take the long way. But God said, okay, do it your way, do it your way. So they go, and they end up, they get to the Red Sea, and they're like, oh, we have nowhere to go. But they did. They could go to God. God parted the Red Sea. They were able to cross. Praise the Lord, right? But what are those things in your life that God has brought you to that you're up against the wall? that you cannot do anything else but go to God. And that's what he's here for, right? Proverbs, or Psalms 23, 1 through 4 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your road and your staff, they comfort me. Wow. It's a promise for all of us. No matter how little our problems we think it is, God is there for us because he doesn't, he understands. Whether it's, it's a math problem at school, maybe you have a test coming up and you're nervous, God is there for you. Pray, I'm not saying you're going to get an A, but God will be there. No problem is too big for our God. And I think sometimes Satan wants to tell us that. Satan wants to say, oh, your God can't deal with this. Deal with it on your own. Oh, hey, here's a beer. Here's a drug. Take that. It'll make you feel better. But no, we have to start practicing telling our problems how big our God is rather than telling God how big our problems are. And I think that'll make a huge difference in our lives. Because chaos isn't going away. It's only going to get crazier in this world. And, I mean, who knows, like, just look at the last 10 years, how it just seems like 
life's craziness has just stepped on the throttle and we're going 100 miles an hour. It's just insanity. And so I think once we, as Christians, we witness what God can do in our lives, we can see through the chaos. When we cry out to him, God, help us. Help us. We, we're at wit's end. And normally, it takes us a lot to get to that point. But God will show you his glory. And not just to be conceited. God's not going to like, oh, yeah, I'm going to show him how great I am just to show him how great I am. No. There's a purpose in this. Because you don't know at the time going through your chaos, your mayhem, how God's going to use that mayhem to help someone else. And that's really what the Christian life is about. It's not just about worshiping God, but it's also about helping others, reaching out. You know, Whatcom County is one of the least churched areas. And there's people out here in, in Birch Bay Village, out on the berms, everywhere that are dealing with chaos. And they don't know where to go because they're, they don't have a church family to come to. But God wants to use us to reach those people with our problems. And it's not one of those things where, you know, you're sitting down and, and you're, re you're talking to someone and they're like, oh, man, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm having a bad day. And then they talk to you about their bad day and you're like, oh, well, let me tell you about my bad day. No, that's not what it's about. It's about listening to them and then giving God the advice. Empathy is the key of working through chaos, not only in our own lives, but in lives of others. Because I think so often we are so hard on ourselves because we feel we've let God down. But we don't let God down. God understands because he went through all the same inflictions we went through. And sometimes that's hard for us to, to think about because, you know, he's perfect, he's holy. Well, yeah, but he was also tempted in every way. And so once we put that into perspective, we can go to a God who's understanding, who's willing to be there for us during the midst of chaos. It's, it's really, um, it's hard for some of us, most of us, if not all of us, because we live a very comfortable life here in the US. We turn on our faucets, there's water. We open the fridge, most of the time there's food, even though it's a lot more costly now. But God, is, God provides for us in the midst of chaos, in the midst of some, everything. God is there. I want to share you a story um, about a young lady who some of you, well, some of you have helped um, unknowingly. Um, her name is Judith. She's 10 years old. In March of 2023, a large um, cyclone came through the country of Malawi. Um, it displaced 500,000 people. They lost their homes, they lost schools, they've lost everything. And it was crazy seeing the pictures. Um, they weren't roads, it was mud, five, six feet deep, wiping out homes, wiping out everything. So recently, um, we, we were contacted by a niece of ours over in Malawi, and she says, hey, there's an area um, that it's still devastated. And, and we're like, okay, well, how can we help? 
And she's like, we just need soap, bathing soap and, and laundry soap and feminine hygiene products because these girls have nothing over there. So we got together and we're like, okay, how can we do this? What's the cost? And they got together and, and put together these packages. So they went out and delivered them. And this is, this is the story that I got. And I want to read it to you. It says, I wanted to share a heartwarming story with you about a young girl named Judith who is 10 years old and lives in Manchangiri and was affected by Cyclone Freddie. Judith recently received soap from your organization, and it has made a significant impact on her life. Before receiving the soap, Judith faced a difficult situation. She would often skip school because her friends would laugh at her due to her dirty clothes. This not only affected her self-esteem, but also had a negative impact on her academic performance. Despite being a brilliant student in standard six, she was struggling to maintain her position as a stop, stop, top student in class. However, since the day Judith received the soap from your organization, there has been a remarkable improvement in her life. Her schoolwork has seen a significant positive change. She is more confident and no longer feels that she needs to skip school due to her appearance. The soap you provided has not only cleaned her clothes, but has restored her dignity and self-esteem. Judith is, in the sec is the second born in a family of five, and her elder brother has dropped out of school at standard four, which is like fourth grade, to help with the challenges they face. He started seeking peace work to support the family, the ultimate goal to ensure that Judith stays in school along with her young sisters. Your support has been instrumental in making a goal a reality, and for that, she is immensely grateful. So think about this. In the midst of chaos, in the midst of having nothing, a home gone, everything wiped out, no, you know, the schools are meeting outside. All this girl wanted in the midst of soap, just soap. And God provided that through our organization. How many times do we cry out to God for something as simple as a bar of soap? When the chaos is surrounding us, because he even cares about the smallest things like a bar of soap, because that bar of soap, as you just heard, it changed her self-esteem, it changed her dignity. Now, it's, it's really amazing in life sometimes that we can, we see these things, we hear these things, we're like, oh, that's cool. But how do we put that into practice? You know, the hard part during chaos is to rest in the Lord. And that's really what we all need to do is rest in the Lord. Are we still good? Yeah. Listen to what the God has to say to us. Now for myself, I have to turn on worship music and, and listen because, man, I see a squirrel running by. I'm done for 10 minutes, right? It's like, oh, squirrel, yep. I mean, and it's hard. I mean, you sit down there and you try to pray. You're like, God, I'm going through this. And then Satan's like, oh, yeah, what about this? And then you're thinking about something else. But we have to rest in the Lord. 
because this world's not going to get any easier. And God promises us that. I mean, he tells us it's not going to get easier. But with him and praying and reaching out to God. The other thing is, is through your small groups. God brought you to a to church and family for a reason. And that's to get involved. Get involved. Because this chaos, you can't do it alone. And sometimes the hardest part is to admit that we have a need. But God wants to be there for us. Because he wants to use our tragedies. He wants to use whatever we're going through to reach out to people. Because our goal isn't just to come up here on Sundays and walk to church and get fed and leave. That's probably the opposite of what God wants us to do. God wants us to come in here and learn and take it out. Feeding trough. It, we come here, we get fed, and then we have to take it out somewhere. Because people need Jesus, and especially right now, we see it right now. We have a homeless pandemic going on. They need Jesus. And it's not necessarily that we have to do something great. Because there's a lot of those people, a lot of homeless people, who are in the same situation that you have been in, but took a different route. And we have to try to reach out to them, to what God has taught us through our tragedy. Philippians 4, verse 9 says, Whatever you have learned or received from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I think that's a pretty strong statement from God. Put it into practice. Throughout the Bible, God has always said, Come to me, all who are weary. Come to me who are tired. Do we do that? Or do we just flip on TV and get lost in whatever the new episodes are? Now, I'm far from perfect on this. I will admit I, am, I struggle in this area every day of my life. It's hard to go to God sometimes. It's very difficult because we're admitting we're weak. And it's human nature. We don't want to admit we're weak. But we are weak, and we need God. One of the sayings that I hear all the time is, God won't give you more than you can handle. And I want to say, you're a liar. Because <laughs> if we could handle it, we wouldn't need God. And they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I see your point. I want to share with you something um, that really brought me here actually, um, and how God works. January 23rd, 1993, um, this was the headline a couple days later. Um, I was 21. I was invincible. I could drink and drive. I could party. I could do whatever I want. I did not need God. People would say, hey, you know, if you don't have God, you're going to hell. And I'd be like, is it warm there? Because I like warm weather. And my Christian friends would be looking at me like, dude, you are so lost. And I was. And this day, 
we had been in a party at Bellingham, and uh, we had a bunch of different cars, and we were partying. The police broke up the party. And uh, I took the guide home. My friends took the hand home. Three of my four friends did not make it home. They were killed on that night on the Hannigan. And I just remember getting the phone call about 3 o'clock in the morning. And the phone call was, they're all dead. They're dead. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on? And then they shared with me. Three of my friends taken all in a second. Now, I was angry but I was more confused. I didn't know how to deal with that. It was chaos in my life that at 21, you have no idea how to deal with. But God put people in my life who had also had tragedy, and they came and shared with me. Now, like a, a typical 21-year-old, I was pretty, yeah, I got life figured out, right? Well, a few days later, they, the community in Linden put together a thing and um, where all the hurting people could come and just sit and listen, and they had a, kind of a mini church service. And I was sitting next to this guy, and, and a youth pastor from the community started to share about Jesus and about God's love and how he would help us through this. And I was like, this guy. I don't need Christianese right now. I just, I need to get out of here. I remember the guy sitting next to me. He looks at me and he says, if you get up, I'm going to follow you outside and kick your butt. <laughs> Those weren't the words he used, but that's the words I can use. He says, you need to hear this. And I was like, oh, okay. So I sat there and the Holy Spirit hit me like a rock. And I just started to weep because I knew I was weak and that I did need Christ. It's amazing to look back the 30 years. It's been a little over 30 years. Um, I see some of my friends who went through the same tragedy um, have taken different paths. Um, they still, some of them are alcoholics. Some of them, I had one, unfortunately, could not handle the pain and committed suicide. Um, life isn't easy. Chaos, mayhem, stress, anxiety, everything comes. But we have a God who cares about us so deeply. And all he asks is that we open our hearts for him. And he will use these tragedies to bring glory to his name. Three days ago, as I was preparing this message, um, I got a message uh, from a friend of mine. Um, I haven't seen her in probably 25 years. Um, she was, she was uh, a youth in Linden when this tragedy happened, and she remembered it. Her son is now going through the same tragedy. He lost a friend in a drinking driving accident. The driver survived. The passenger did not. And she reached out to me, and she said these words, I know you understand the pain that, he, that these kids are going through. How can I help them? And by praise God that he allowed this to happen in my life so I could help these guys. 
Now, I'd never wish my friends dead, ever. But God has used that negativity to be a blessing to these. And so I just shared with her, this is what you need to do, and this is how you, you reach into them. And in prayer, pray for these boys. Cover them in your prayer. So God used this tragedy in my life to reach out to others. And that's what he's asking us here in Philippians when he says, right, whatever you have learned or received from me. So don't be angry because you're going through mayhem or chaos. Sit there and say, what can I learn from this so I can help others in their time? Because, man, if there's a time that people need each other, it's now. It's, life is tough. People are hungry. And God wants to use us in our time. So, Chris, if I could have the band come while we close out. I think so often in our lives we're so comfortable. We rely on our money. We rely on our jobs. That we just become too comfortable. Somebody asked me the other day, why do... Why do we see miracles happen in other countries and not so much here? I said, I still think we see miracles here, but we're very comfortable. We think things happen because of money. We think they happen because of privilege. But I will say this, in the third world countries I've been in, when they have nothing and when they're praying, God give us our daily bread, that's exactly what it means. And I think we all need to get to that point where we're not quite so comfortable. Because I think when we're not comfortable, that's when God can use us the most. But we have to rest in him. We have to lie down in those green pastures and say, Lord, here I am. I'm hurting. I'm weak. So please, Lord, use me. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, just thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you, God, that despite our shortcomings and despite all the sins that we have in our lives, Lord, that you can use us, Lord God, to share the gospel, to share your love, Lord, to other people. God, we thank you that you have given us the gift of prayer, that, Lord, we can come to you, Father God, that that veil's been ripped down, that we can sit in your presence, Lord, and just listen to you and turn the world off, Lord. Father God, you are the true healer. It's not a pill. It's not a drug. It's not alcohol, Lord. You are the healer, Father God. So we pray, Father God, that you would come into our hearts right now, Lord. Search out those areas, Lord, that we need you. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Because, Father God, we need you. And we need to share you. Lord. So empower us, Lord God, with the wisdom to share. Lord, may you get all the glory and all the praise, Lord God. Because, Lord, you are so worthy. You are so worthy. So, Lord, listen to our hearts, Father God. We cry out to you, Lord. You are holy, 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 Lord. Father God, just stir in us. And Lord, we just pray, Father God, 
that you would provide, you would be a provider, Lord. And we just thank you for this time, Lord. And we just pray this in Jesus' name.